bottle of wine and just bring that over. Probably a good idea. Why fuck around with, you know, not having it? I mean, yeah. Be prepared. That's what they always say about Boy Scouts and wine drinking. Hello and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast for myself, Renee Sanchez, and my good buddy, Max Lyon. What up? Watch Rob Gobs and then immediately record our thoughts and post them on the internet for your listening pleasure. And Max, how are you doing this fine Wednesday night? We'll go ahead and, <laughs> yeah, we're literally recording this hours before we post it yeah yeah renee is gonna edit this right after we finish recording (laughs) i'm good uh i'm drinking wine tonight finally i got some wine in the house so all is safe with the world again there is no virus there's just wine. how are you i am doing well i uh i I'm drinking water tonight because I'm out of tequila after our last recording session. <laughs> um, I uh, since we recorded in the morning <laughs> when I started drinking for the last episode, uh, I continued the drinking, and uh, by you know Easter Sunday afternoon, I was asleep. So <laughs> you know, uh, it was a good way to spend a Sunday, I think. Yeah, regardless of the day, absolutely. Uh, and then I and then I woke up from my slumber. I I, <laughs> I rose from oh, my boy. Uh, I I rose from my three hour nap, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then I edited the podcast for last week. So you I worked your own miracle. Uh, yeah, which was editing last <laughs> the last podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm a, I I am a uh, confirmed Catholic, so uh, this there's a special kind of guilt I feel right now after that joke. Um, <laughs> although I haven't been to mass shoot since I first moved out to Chicago, uh, so about four years now. So, um, but I know where the church is, just in case. Uh, anyway, so today, or just, well, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, we're reviewing You've Got Mail, the spiritual sequel to Sleepless in Seattle, because it has Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan again as your main characters or actors that are playing the main characters. And also Nora Ephron directed this movie as well, just like she directed Sleepless in Seattle. And there's also the same, you know, jazz standards and old mm-hmm. music in the soundtrack actually this same is a, vibe same this everything isn't jazz standards as much as it's like 70s like folk americana music like harry yeah and yeah yeah, yeah. And things like that but anyway um yeah so uh i chose this movie because you chose sleepless in seattle and i kind of go off of what you choose to make my choice i just feel like it's more fun that way <laughs> well um, i'm glad i could help with that <laughs> yeah um you know, just because that's, I, I just feel like having something, you know, that like having them make sense together just kind of works. I don't know. Um, but I've only seen it once before. That was actually a couple years ago. 
And that I've mentioned her before, uh, a former coworker of mine, uh, shout out Madeline Zaka. Uh, but like, she also mentioned this movie along with when Harry met Sally as one of her favorites for rom-coms. Um, so I watched it in that one time, uh, and I haven't watched it since until tonight or today. And then you also watched it today. Have you seen this movie before? I have not. You know, this is the first time I've seen it. I don't know how I haven't seen it. I mean, I don't, I also don't know how I'd never seen, or I, I had seen sleep in Seattle, but I'd only seen it once and it, I barely remembered it. So it was essentially like watching it all over again. And then, yeah, I don't know how I haven't seen these. Clearly my rom-com knowledge is lacking. And so that's why we have, <laughs> that's why I'm on this podcast is to, is for a little more real world excuse to watch rom-coms. <laughs> yeah. It's like an excuse for us to watch rom-coms along with like, you, you, like you also kind of, everyone gets to kind of hear what it's like to hear, see their, or see their favorite movies get reviewed under somewhat fresh eyes. Or if they like the movie as well, they can hear someone who also loves the movie like them. Like uh, if anyone loved Dan in real life, although from the lack of listenership on that episode, I don't think a lot of people feel the same way I do about that movie. Uh, <laughs> um, but, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking not, but I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking I didn't make a lot of money and it's not really talked about by people. Uh, probably for a reason because uh, no one saw it. Uh, but, but hey, we got that episode in. We snuck it in, so that it's done. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Or at least I mean, we, I don't have to we can't have blockbuster movies on every episode. We have to tie in like the the yeah. low tier ones too. Not saying Dan yeah. in Real Life is a low tier one, but like you know, we got it. We got a roller coaster. It. We can't like it can't be all rise. You know, <laughs> it's not Barney's mixtape. Not Barney's mixtape. <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, I, the other thing I remember from You've Got Mail, like as far as memories are concerned, is I remember seeing the trailer slash commercial. So, like I've mentioned it before with other films, how I can remember the commercial and remember shots that they use from the film mm. in that commercial. So, like, when Meg Ryan's punching with horrible straight-arm punches, like, I don't know how she didn't hyperextend her elbow when she was doing the whole punching thing <laughs> after her boyfriend, Frank, like, writes the piece about the shop around the corner and everyone's, like, in the store. And she's just, like, going to war, going to the mattresses or whatever. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's doing the punching. I oh. remember they used that shot. They use the shot of when she was speaking to the crowd and she does this, the gummy smile after she says, are we going to let the shop around the corner close? You know, or whatever. The mm-hmm. um, and she like puts her arms up and has the gummy smile. I remember that shot. I remember the shot of Tom Hanks in the small car from uh, when he's with his uh, aunt and brother. Hmm. Uh, when, when they're at the small kid fair. And he's in the car, like the little oh yeah, 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 the like ride, whatever it is, yeah. They used all those shots in the commercial, and like every time I see those shots, I just remember the commercial again and again. Like I, I'm just those shots are burned into my brain. Um, but yes, Uh, (laughs) um, but yes. So let's go to the stats. Let's talk about 
Let's film a little bit. Let's do it. Uh, You've Got Mail is a 1998 American romantic comedy film directed by Nora Ephron, starring Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. It's inspired by the 1937 Hungarian play Parfumerie. I'm, I'm assuming that's Parfumerie, maybe, uh, by <laughs> Miklos Laszlo, uh, which had earlier been adapted in 1940 as The Shop Around the Corner, which is what's listed on the film's credits. Um and then also in 1949, as in the good old summertime. Uh, what it was in the hell? By, yeah, the, the Wikipedia is just putting shit out there, right? Uh, it was co-written by Nora and Delia Al- Efron. Uh, it tells the story of two people in an online romance who are unaware that they are also business rivals. It marked the third pairing of Hanks and Ryan, who also appeared together in Joe versus the Volcano and Sleepless in Seattle. Was Joe versus the Volcano first? That was first. It was in 1990. Oh, uh, okay. Yes. Uh, and then the listing of actors goes Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, Parker Posey, Gene Stapleton, uh, Dave Chappelle, Steve Zahn, and then Greg Kinnear is the... Uh, I'm guessing he was the and Greg Kinnear, so he kind of got the little and part. Yeah. Uh, Gene Stapleton was the... Uh, was Birdie. Uh, oh, she also played, uh, is the name Maud, or oh, uh, she was she was Art she was a uh, Archie's wife at All in the Family. I think I think her character name was Maud. Never saw it. Yeah, uh, uh, maybe you remember the opening credits. <laughs> like they always sing like the those were the days. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> 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 uh, yes, I do remember it now. That, could you finish the song, please? <laughs> Those who know the song are laughing hysterically. The tens, I don't the even know the song, and I'm still laughing. That's fair too. <laughs> Your body is a wonderland. No. No, no. Wait, was that did, that was that's an inside joke, right? That wasn't on the last episode. I mean, we talked about it briefly in uh, Friends of Benefits because it's a joke in Friends of Benefits, but yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That <laughs> is wonderful. Hey. Yeah, we're punchy. Holy shit. Oh man, yeah, we are. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway. Uh, the movie was released on December 18th, 1998. So this is a rom-com that is not set in the holidays that was released in like a week before Christmas. Well, so it kind of was, was set in the holidays. It, well, it spans multiple, like a, a large time frame. I would say at least a year. It goes through all the seasons. It starts with fall. I don't. And then. I don't know that it does. Because at the end. Oh, well, yeah. At the end, it is springtime. Yes. Yeah. I think it's. Fall. I think it's just the I winter. Like, I think it just. It spans like a basically a school year. Yeah. Something like, fall, yeah, something like that. Yeah. There, and then there's the holidays. And then she closes it. And it's kind of like raining. So it's almost like it's getting into springtime. Spring. Then he then says like, something like, I'd hate for you to miss spring. Miss summer and 
or yeah, spring, spring New York. Yeah, yeah, spring New York. So, and then they meet up in the flower garden, and the flowers are blooming. Yeah. So it's it, yeah. This is this ain't no leap year. I'm sure they actually had <laughs> attention to detail on that. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you want to pay attention to that stuff, it's yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, how long is this movie? Uh, it's an I I. I did look because I paused it several times. Um, nice. It was like an hour and 59. Yes, 119 minutes, which is way too fucking long. I thought it was wrapping up several times. Like, I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> like, this, is, this is wrapping up. Like, he's going to meet her in the, co- in the coffee shop or the cafe or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, we're getting. Oh, okay. So he's just going to leave now. Okay. Um, well, that's that's you know that's the build up before the climax. Now they're gonna meet up again. Nope. Okay. All right. And then like it was just like four would be climaxes in a row, which yeah, there is a sexual joke in there somewhere. <laughs> this movie was edging. <laughs> it was just blue balling the whole way. <laughs> this movie, this movie was a high school sophomore. Uh, <laughs> No, if it was a high school sophomore, it would have been done the first 10 seconds. <laughs> I can attest to that. <laughs> I, yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> the budget for the film was $65 million. Holy shit. Yeah. Really? I mean. That's a lot. You have, you have to look into who the main actors were. you you're talking Tom Hanks at his absolute fucking peak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. So that's immediately at least ten to fifteen mil, maybe even like sneaking closer to twenty, and that's even in '98. Um, and then you're also talking Meg Ryan, who at the time was not the you know not a an actress from the past. She was still she was one of the bigger actress names still at that time. So I'm mm-hmm. sure she was making because Hollywood shit. Less than Dom Hanks, but not much less. Probably seven and a half to ten mil. So I mean, you're already you're probably talking about that budget, like twenty to twenty five, twenty to twenty five, maybe even thirty million of that sixty five million is being spent on just those two actors, and then all the stuff that they built, like they built a fucking store, a bookstore, they and they did it all in the Upper West Side of Manhattan, which is not cheap. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I can't uh, believe how that, much though. how much did it make in the box office? Um hundred and ninety million. Two hundred and fifty point eight million dollars. Damn. So it made twenty three million more than Sleepless in Seattle. Uh so basically Wait, it made how much more? Made, uh twenty three million. That's that's not bad. Yeah, so percentage-wise, not as big of a success as Sleepless in Seattle was, but at the same time, still, you know, made a shit ton of the box office, made its money back, and then some, and was a box office success, and it is a 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Yes. So, do you have any tasty tidbits? For this movie, Max? <laughs> I did so much research for this. No. Um, 
Tasty Tidbits requires a lot of effort and time. Yeah. And quite, and, frank, and quite frankly, it usually revolves around the same stuff, which is this actress could have been the main one. Uh, and they filmed it here. Yeah. There. Yeah. It, it, like, yeah, exactly. So we may be altering this part of the podcast to something else. We haven't quite figured out what exactly, but just be prepared for tasty tidbits to maybe go away. And I'm, I know the tens and tens of listeners will, will understand. I mean, they can, they can do what I'm going to do right now, which is go to like any sort of website and just look at trivia <laughs> about it, which is exactly <laughs> what I'm said, doing. Like, as I said, just give me, just give me like a top three yeah. and then we'll move on. Like, Cause, uh, Cause the other thing is we, I watched this, I rented it on Amazon prime. Um, and on Amazon prime, if you go to the x-ray, there's a trivia section and the trivia section will give you a bunch of facts you could want. So yeah, I usually will be found there. I usually just type in like in the past I've typed in, you know, the movie title and then like fun facts or stuff like that, or like little known facts or something like that. And then I'll compare several sites and then, you know, if I'm really feeling adventurous and I've got a lot of time on my hands, which I don't right now because I don't know if you know this, but we're in quarantine and I'm fucking busy. Okay. <laughs> like I've got to rearrange my apartment for the 15th time this week. Okay. I don't have time for this. <laughs> I so, couldn't imagine that. Like literally every dude, I'm going insane. Like this is how, this is how people end up in the streets. Like I'm going <laughs> to die from insanity at this point. <laughs> I, so rom-coms are keeping me alive for the listeners. I, we usually record this in his apartment. Um, we haven't since, you know, quarantine started happening. Uh, but as far as whenever I would go over literally <laughs> every, every episode to every two episodes, his living room had changed in some way. <laughs> and by change, I mean like the couch and the love seat had been moved. The TV was now on this wall. Uh, and now all of a sudden there's new picture frames that have been put out. Uh, the dartboard has been changed and moved to here. There's a bookcase that they put there. That bookcase is now in his room. And now that wall is more empty. His desk has been moved. Yeah, literally every week. Like it was a every weekend we'd record the podcast. I'd come in and it'd be like, "What has changed in your apartment?" So I can yeah, only imagine now it's, that now you're it's stuck every morning, in your apartment. every fucking morning, yeah. I come out of my bedroom, I walk in the living room, I I just stand in the the entryway and I look into the room and I just I just like cut my arms and like ponder for a moment and hmm, what if I no, Max, go fucking make coffee. Jesus, stop. Like, every fucking day. It's, like, sometimes I I really wish there was a kill switch for my brain. Uh, you're preaching to the choir on that one. Oh, God. <laughs> I know yeah. what you mean there. So, anyway. Um, but alas, we digress. Um, yes. uh, what were we doing? <laughs> no, we, oh, uh. 
Are you tidbits. literally like just looking up tasty tidbits right now? Yeah, I'm literally just I. So this is the other thing they can do. Just go to IMDb. They have trivia about the movie, and like you can <laughs> like they get upvoted by people who watch the movie. So like the more interesting or popular tidbits get pushed up towards the top of the list. So that's that's an easy, quick find. That's what I recommend. Basically, I'm I'm convincing people to do this to do my homework for themselves. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so let's see. Oh, okay. Here's a cool one. So all of Joe and Kathleen's emails were put on the movie's official website, which Warner Brothers has still kept active. Huh. That's wow. kind of yeah. That's kind of impressive. But you know, pretty probably pretty easy considering what the internet was back then compared to today. Yeah, I just wonder who who like goes in and still reads them. Nobody. I mean, I wonder if there's a staff member who's just like, "Oh, let's go read the you've got mail emails." <laughs> I'm sure they have drinking games at Warner Brothers for it, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> um, or maybe it's a punishment at this point. Like, you're gonna have to go read and rewrite every single one. If you don't show up to work at eight o'clock tomorrow morning, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, the scene where Joe accidentally closes the door on Kathleen's shop on the balloons was unscripted. No shit. You don't say. You didn't like plan that balloon to get trapped in the door. Um, do you remember what it, what that is? What scene that is? Renee, the what happened to you? Not here. The which door? The he's walking out of the he when he goes to the uh, the bookstore, Kathleen's bookstore for the first time, and with his two kid, whatever the kids are, the aunt and the yeah, his aunt, his aunt and his brother, whatever, the whatever, <laughs> stupid ass kids, um, <laughs> um. I only say that because of a scene later on, which I'll get to. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And he's walking out and he's got like the bag with the fish and he's got the balloons and he's pushing the kids out of the front door of the shop. And one of the yeah. balloons gets caught in the door as he closes yeah. the door. Okay. I that was, that. that was unscripted. And I'm like, no, well, no shit. That was unscripted. <laughs> It's a fucking balloon. Those things are uncontrollable. So you see, listeners, why TC Tidbits may be going away. Yeah, because it's like... so Stuff like this. Sometimes sometimes I find nuggets of information that are really good. And like when I have the... That's where we went on the tangent. When I have the time, then I like... I'll do research. It'll like... I'll, I'll find stuff that it'll make me question it and be like, oh, well... That that reminds me, you know, what was this what was this character's backstory? And then I'll go Google it and I'll read do my own personal research about that fun fact. And like it'll lead me down rabbit holes and stuff. That's interesting. And that was when I when we first started this, that was what I enjoyed doing. But now we're getting into movies where it's like, yeah, like every every fun fact I come across is the same fucking thing. And it's like, God, okay, this is just boring. People really want to know this. They can look it up. um let's see let's do let's do another one um 
on that let's note. Make this, let's make this the last one. Um, <laughs> this is the Hindenburg. Oh my god, the humanity. <laughs> um you know what it's not even worth doing one more these are terrible um i I had a look myself on the (laughs) x-ray like when i was watching it on amazon i'm like oh a lot of these are shit Uh, here's a a good quick one meg ryan got her very first computer during the filming Ooh. Ooh, tantalizing. I needed to know that. Now we know. In 1990, what was it? 1998? Is that when this movie came out? Yeah, 98. In 1998, guys, Meg Ryan got a computer. Her first. Yeah. Okay. Let's, I, let's, well, yeah. No, we're done with that. With that segment. So, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to say Tasty Tidbits went out in a blaze of glory, but don't think it did. <laughs> Look, I will. I will. Uh, if I feel like I, I have some time, and like I feel like the movie might have some, I then might. It'll make a comeback. It'll, yeah, it'll make, it'll make a, a comeback, comeback. But it's yeah, not going to be a regular segment. It has to be inspired. By yeah, that. it has to be there for a reason. I'm not just going to do it because, it, you know, for the sake of doing it. So, yeah. Yeah. So long. Farewell. <laughs> so, uh, as far as the movie is concerned. Uh, the movie. Yes. So. Some fucking internet nostalgia in this. Yeah. Oh, my like- God. Dude, first, uh, so dude, I'll go ahead and read you what I t- what I texted you. Literally, I was like two minutes into the film. This earlier, yeah, yeah, go for uh, it. And I wrote this text to you. Um, I wrote, "I'm watching. You've got mail. Fuck, computers sucked back then." It's <laughs> <laughs> just the intro part with like the dial-up sound, dude. The di- fucking dial-up. The dial-up sound. I had to pause it. I had like chills and shit. I was like, oh my god. I have so many feelings coming back from that. That one fucking sound. I guess it's multiple sounds, but yeah, like oh my god, the amount of emotions that came from it. Like the the nostalgic happiness and simplicity of that sound, but also (laughs) the frustration and fucking anger of waiting for it and having to share it with everyone else in the family and knowing that your time on it is limited because it also uses the phone line, which dad has to use to make business calls. And mom is expecting a call from her friends and Oh man. Yeah. Oh my God. Just the, so (laughs) I have a story involving dial up internet. I think Um, we all fucking do. If we, if you don't, then well, you're not in our generation, I, I guess. And you're not of our generation, yes. Um, uh, it's, it's there might be younger much. folk listening to this going, "What's dial up?" So, um, now the thing about growing up for me is that I, it was just it was just my mom. So, like growing up with a single parent, my dad, I saw him on the weekends. Um, but yeah, it was just my mom. My mom was basically the main parent 
mom and dad basically for me. Um, so we were always, and she's not, te- she was not technologically savvy. So like till her, till, you know, she passed no, like anything technologically advanced was, was not her gig. Like she had just barely learned how to like DVR by the 2010s. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something that was happening in the early 2000s, as far as like recording live TV with like TV and things like that. Um, like she never figured out how to use an iPod, let alone stream things. Uh, <laughs> there's just, she was just never up on technology. So we we're always like at least a generation or two behind any sort of technology. <laughs> So we're talking like seventh grade. We're, you know, you're starting to get into like routers and like broadband and things like that. We can actually use the internet without like having to use dial up. Not in our household. We still had dial up. Um, oh, of course. Where you had the jack and everything else like that. No, what was the, what was the next step up from dial up that was supposed to be so fast? I want to um, say, I want to say broadband. I don't know. No, 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 no. There was, it was like, it was letters. Oh, DSL. Wait, is that right? Oh, yes. Yeah, DSL. I remember that. Yeah. I remember it. Yeah. That was the one, like, yeah, we still had dial up. And I would, anyway, finish your story first. Yeah. So, um, well, I was alone in the apartment. Um, the computer was in the living room. It's a small apartment, there's just two bedrooms. Uh, so, uh, I'm close, like I'm close with everything, but I decide I'm going to have a look at, uh, scantily clad ladies, uh, of course, <laughs> dial up because I'm, I'm alone. My mom is out with my aunt and like my cousins and my older sister, um, you know, all that. You dirty uh, son of a bitch. So. I hear the car pull up. So then I'm like, okay, I got to close everything, you know, close it down, shut it down, everything. Pull your pants close up. Tight, but it's dial up. So everything closes slow. <laughs> and I forgot that there's pop-ups. Oh yeah. So pop-ups. Oh the my killer. God. I forgot about pop-ups. They were like ten, like this is before AdBlock Plus, the in like getting extensions on your Google Chrome and all that shit. Which shout out AdBlock Plus, saving my damn life. Seriously, saving all, that, saving all the YouTube ads I have not seen because fuck y'all revenue. Um, but, um, so now all of a sudden I've closed the main page and there's ten pop ups that are not going away on the computer screen and the keys of the door. Yep. But instead of turning off the computer screen and just hoping to deal with it later, I run to the door and try to relock the deadbolt. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. Everyone you don't say. It laughs and laughs and laughs. My mom, luckily, because my aunt and my cousins and my sister were there and I was already embarrassed as fuck. My mom didn't necessarily yell at me or anything else like that with everyone else there. And uh, wait, did everyone see it? 
Yeah, every, like the, the computer was in the living room. Oh my god. So, you know, unplug the computer, go to my room, and basically just uh, curl up in a ball and. Yeah, just yep. kind of. Ball ride, of shame. Write it out till everyone leaves and wait until tomorrow to start oh again. Oh my because, god. To go that to, day to the websites? Done. That day is. That when something like that happens, your day is done. Like you just you go to the you hit the showers. Yep. You go you go back yep. home. You 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 go to bed. Even if it's still light outside, you go to bed, sleep it off, come back again tomorrow. <laughs> that, Jesus. That's uh, that's every time I hear the dial-up sound, I think of that. <laughs> <laughs> so you have like PTSD from it. <laughs> like at least the bears with PTSD. I mean, it is what it is. I was a, I was a thirteen year old growing boy who found himself alone and wanted to, wanted to see some boobs. That's the oh yeah, absolutely. That's what it was. That's what it was. Oh my god! That's, that's <laughs> hilarious. But as far as the movie's concerned, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, I still um, remember like yeah, watching my first videos that were all pixelated and shit and it was like you can't see anything and oh my we god we don't even go into too much detail about the actual stuff we were watching so i didn't mean uh, porn uh, <laughs> oh just in general i just meant in general oh yeah like when you're no yeah, I'm, letting I, you, I'm letting you have the porn story on this one that's that's all you buddy know. Because that was also like, because at that time, uh, I mean, I'm still am a fan of pro wrestling, so you know, people can know that about me as well. Um, I've already mentioned that before in, yeah. on the podcast. But I have a pro wrestling uh, Twitter account that I rarely use, uh, <laughs> but I uh, I remember there was a pay per view called Saint Valentine's Day Massacre, which I think I've also mentioned on the Valentine's Day. You have. So, uh, I remember looking up the, the WWE.com on my cousin's computer, and they had dial up at the time because it was like 99. And it took literally two minutes to load the WWE.com front page because it was like a, a small GIF or GIF, if you want to call it, of Vince McMahon's face and like. Oh. Blood. And like and like blood coming over his head, and it was just like a small. It was just like a very tiny, like gif. And it took two minutes to load on dial-up internet. Wow. Yeah. See, like, oh my god. Yeah. And then like, oh my god. Fucking aim. Yeah, that was that's where that's we basically saw the beginnings of aim in this movie we did we did like the aol instant messenger in there yeah we saw the beginnings like all the emo rock song lyrics you put as away messages in oh oh my god junior and senior year of high school the beginnings were here when they had their fucking instant message conversation Oh my god, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. We saw, we saw the beginnings of fucking aim, man. Fucking oh, aim. God, I remember all... getting yelled at so many times. Get the fuck off the internet. We're we're we need to make calls. Stop talking to your girlfriend. <laughs> I I just I didn't really get into aim aim until like 
the summer before senior year and like and then senior year and i just remember you know the the girl i ended up going to a, a formal dance with i just remember whenever i'd see her name pop up and it was just like oh stop everything turn off yep I'll turn off the video games like turn off, this gets my full undivided attention i need to chat with this girl on a and just turn on some music and get like my vibes going because i'm trying to woo this girl like that was the that was the aim strategy God. or you know or just like chatting with a friend about what happened at school or whatever and like and peace and fucking having the lowercase x before the beginning and and at the end of your name or you know like x oh yeah that was holy shit man the technology or like their screen <laughs> their screen names on there were hilarious and that reminded me of like i don't even remember what mine was at the time did you what do you remember what your screen name was it was pro i think it was the dirty oh five you had the dirty back then yes because that was a nickname given to me freshman year of high school and it stuck with me the dirty sanchez exactly last name is sanchez so guess what everyone called me freshman year of high school dirty sanchez and then and then basically became what's up dirty and that was my nickname for people and then some people would call me the dirty like when referencing me oh that's what's up there there's the dirty you know uh and so uh, i thought that was the funniest one out of all of, all the you know amalgamations of nicknames i had in high school so i kept that for like tags and I'm that's a that's a good one i like that one yeah. that's the one that's i've always known you by yeah, it's also my gamer tag on PS4, the Dirty 88. You can find me there. You can find me on Call of Duty Warzone if you want to get pop and plunder. Let's go. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> you oh, are not gotta... You are not inviting people to play with us. On We are not admitting that. Well, no, no. You're not invited to play. It's just know that when you see that gamer tag, you got popped by me. All right? That's what it is. <laughs> um, I'm talking shit about you after I've killed you. <laughs> oh, I remember what my tag was. I think it was, was I think it was just Mad Max. It was like some derivative of Mad Max. That makes complete sense. Um, I think that was my one of my first ones. I think it was like Mad Max underscore zero zero eight, like Mad Mad Max maybe with two X's. Oh my God! Yeah, that's what it was because that was my Hotmail email. Oh, Hotmail email. Hotmail. Yeah. yeah, I think it was Mad Max with two X's underscore zero zero eight because eight's my lucky number. And I think I was also obsessed with James Bond at the time, so I was like 008 instead of double O seven. Yeah. <laughs> I signed up for fucking high school. Fucking high school. Oh man. But yeah, this is a rom com podcast. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, rom coms. uh, Well, I mean, this is this is what the rom coms do is they bring out stories and they connect this is (laughs) this is the beauty of rom coms. They connect to personal lives. And so, you know, what better way to connect them than to talk about 
how they connect to our lives. True. Why we're watching them. Yeah, I agree. At the same time, for certain rom-coms that we've done, I feel like we can continue on with this conversation and everything else. But with this one, I feel like there's actually things to talk about. Like there are. This, this, yeah, this film is actually... It's not bad, like, honestly. It's not. I, I, it's just... It, I what I mentioned to you is I just feel it's disjointed. It, it like it's it's slow to begin with, and then the middle part really hums, and then the end like you kind of feel like it's supposed to end three different times until it actually ends. And so yeah. it, it's weird. was it only three? It felt like ten. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this, there's odd like there there's almost like two beginnings to the movie as well where like they had the whole initial like dial up sound and then the cars and and all that and then it gets to like the apartments and it shows both both of like the the early mornings before uh Kathleen and Joe start talking online to each other Oh and yeah, then, yeah. So like you, so you have that entrance like before they start chat or emailing each other. Then they leave their apartments to head there, and then you hear you know dreams by the cranberries play, and you see this montage of them going through New York and barely missing each other on their way to their respective jobs, and and then that felt like the opening credits to the movie. Like I thought of the wedding date when I saw them go into their like respective stores because like. Because they like it had the same sort of like you know mid tempo you know song like like almost adult contemporary pop song that was just like playing in the background. I it, it just I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like there's a lot it's, in the film that's just not necessary. No, but no, but it. Part, but then there's parts that are just like real good. And like real funny, like there were a lot of laughs I had. I did too. I actually laughed a lot. And the reason why is because of Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is he stole the movie. He's he's so good in this movie. He's fucking hilarious. He is physical comedy is so on point. Like he summoned his like early bosom buddies physical comedy and just fucking kills it in this movie. he was he was great just the way like just as i mentioned when he's with his aunt and uh his brother and when he's in the little car just like oh you know yeah, and, like, just, he looks up like at other adults and is just like yeah. smiling giddily yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah exactly or like you know when he's hitting the the bell and like yep you know, just all the little parts that he is that he's doing there with you know his aunt and brother, like it just those things. When he's too nervous to go see Kathleen at the coffee shop, and he's like shaking the fence yep. and just yeah. all that emotion that he has. Um, he can't even like sit down on it properly. He's like trying to yeah. find it while not looking at it. He's like touching it with his hands and everything, trying to trying to sort it out and like figure out where it is. Yeah. Oh just, my god. All these little like physical comedy bits that he just absolutely knocks out of the park, and then his even like 
the voiceovers that he does are just so yeah not just physical comedy he's the way he delivers lines like he everything like he is 10 out of 10 tom hanks on this and yeah tom hanks is everyone loves tom hanks you know for good reason and he is 10 out of 10 tom hanks in whatever he was paid for this movie worth every penny yes this is top-notch tom hanks that we're getting out of this yeah the best well i mean as far as comedic tom hanks like of course dramatic tom hanks can be just as good if not better i mean saving private ryan tom hanks is right after this yeah that's that's a for him to flip from something from like doing several of these in in a row because i think league of their own was around the same time too right it was 92 oh jesus was it really yep oh my god okay yeah. Well, okay. So, like, all throughout the 90s, he's been doing comedies. Well, and as I mentioned, er, the, he he got a start in a, a sitcom called Bosom Buddies. Yeah. He, the guy had to dress like women in order to live in a certain in an apartment building. And so there's a lot of physical comedy there. Uh, and that was back in the 80s. So for him to flip from doing that for so long to doing a serious film... It's like and he just flips between serious to to comedic to serious to comedic. Um, I mean, and you saw bits of that in Sleepless in Seattle too, where he there was just you know parts where he talked about his dead wife and how you know like and there were the sad dramatic parts, but then there were also the comedic parts of yeah. his son. And so, and here it's just it's less sad parts. It's just more like you you just get more comedy out of him. Which yeah. Is, what I want, I don't necessarily like out of a romantic comedy. I don't need the dramatic part. Just give me, just give me Tom Hanks being funny. Like, yeah, uh, I would, I would agree with that. Yeah, it, it felt a lot more like it felt a lot more like a rom com, yeah. and less like a rom drum. As far as Sleepless in Seattle, yeah, yeah, Sleepless in Seattle, like I, I loved it, but it. It was it was so serious. Yeah. There were a couple funny parts here and there, but it wasn't really a comedy. It was, you know, it was just a it was a romantic movie. Yeah, and even then, we already covered this. It wasn't even that romantic. I, I, I would argue because they didn't even fucking meet till the very end. So, <laughs> yeah, and like at least and we that, got some fucking screen time with them this time. I loved it. It made up for it. And that was, I think, that was kind of what. Nora Ephron and Delia Ephron were kind of doing when they wrote this and like directed it is just that they're like, let's make sure they meet a few times. Like let's, let's find a way to get them on screen together. I was just Um, pretending that this was the sequel and that they both somehow got amnesia and forgot who they were (laughs) and started dating again. Like (laughs) people in the meantime, and then, you know, a couple years go by and then they're like, Oh, we were bumped into each other and fate brought them together again <laughs> that's what i did i just pretended it was a sequel like that. i mean that's one way of going about it uh, yeah. <laughs> like the you know i there but that's kind of kind of going back to the disjointed part of it with just like the obviously contrived rules of the chat which allowed for the movie to continue 
when all they had to do during the chat to end this movie before it even starts is just actually admit what they do. Yeah, but, but they, at the same time, those rules were kind of realistic. I mean, it's not like they were... Those were. Yes, that those rules were set in a realistic situation. There, a lot of people, especially at that time, because of just the newness of chat rooms and everything, did not share their personal information, uh, and and personal, uh, you know, just per yeah, personal info um, online. They just didn't trust it. Yeah, because it was new. Um, it's that's completely forward to everyone now. <laughs> Everything's been put on the internet at this point. Thank yep. you, social media. Um, but but at, there was a time where no one wanted to even put what the fuck they did for a living or their picture. They just lived behind. Um, it, it was like the equivalent of going onto Twitter, never changing the egg, the egg picture of like your new account, just having a username and then just trolling the fuck out of people. That was yeah. kind of what people did in chat rooms. They're just like, I have a name and you get a location and that location may not be even correct there. And that was what you got out of people. And they just had to roll with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, I, so like, as I mentioned, it starts slow. Uh, and then, you know, just cause they have to set everything up. Um, as far as like the bookstores and where they work and all the yeah side characters and everything else like that. And, you know, but then there's just that middle part where they start, when they start talking more and then they actually start instant messaging, uh, you know, and getting right up to where, you know, he says, should they meet? And then that's when there's the whole, you know, yeah, then then he like draws out the like he he knows who she is now. Yeah. And like I kept waiting for him to like reveal who he was. And okay. he keeps drawing it out and like going uh, along with it and seeing how it plays out kind of thing. And I'm like, "Okay, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it." And then like he has an opportunity to reveal his identity and he doesn't. And you're talking about like after the her store is closed, right? It, 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 pick, pick a pick an event like literally any event any <laughs> scene like after after the initial meetup where they're initially supposed to meet at the cafe and then mm-hmm. he shows up quote unquote instead of her date and uh anytime after that i i was honestly i was waiting for him to reveal it at the end of the scene of that so- scene Okay, well, let's go ahead and get into this. Let's get into this a little bit, because this is a huge piece of this movie. The first time I watched it, I was right there with you. The first time I watched this movie, I was like, this is fucking, like, just tell the goddamn truth already. Like, this is, this could all go away if you just tell the damn truth and just get past it and then realize there's still something here and fucking be together and it's whatever. Like, that... That's just the whole idea. After like the whole meeting in the coffee shop, it was kind of like, "How is this? Yeah, why did not tell her they could laugh about it?" Like you, you feel like you think about that, but at the same time, as the second time I was watching it today, that's when I kind of realized, oh, like they, he's 
inspired he has inspired her to fight him for business and like even though he keeps saying it's not personal it is personal between them because they're she she's literally fighting for her livelihood with him in real life so if he just goes in as the guy she's literally trying to destroy in the business world in order to just survive and keep her store it's it no matter what he says like oh i'm the guy you've been chatting online with it's not going to go anywhere he has not tell her who he is in order to salvage the possibility of something in the future but all i kept thinking was by the like the more he he goes along with this the more he he covers up the fact that he knows what's going on when she finally finds out she's going to hate him even more for concealing the truth for leading her on you know that's all i kept thinking it was like she's gonna fucking hate him for not telling him sooner telling her sooner and that's how most rom-coms usually go right and well i mean that because that's how life goes like if if you if you withhold there there's a fine line if you withhold it for a specific purpose or you know for a comedic effect or something like that's doable but if you hold it too long then you risk being blamed for withholding information for lying for whatever a lie by omission is still a lie yeah and yeah. so like that's all I kept thinking. I'm like, we're only halfway through the movie and you still haven't fucking told her. Are you serious? Dear God, dude, she's going to slit your throat by the end. Like, you got to say something. And then, like, then we get to the climax and, like, he walks up with Bricks- Brixley? Yeah, Brickley, Brixley, Brickley. Brixit? <laughs> <laughs> and... I'm just gonna let you live in that one, dude. And she and she like is all happy and smiley, and I was hoping it was you. <laughs> Man, I would have fucking punched him in the gut. The first time I watched this movie, I was right there with you. But, I was like, but, why is he? Go ahead. But I would be a fucking liar if I said. That that scene didn't make me get a little misty eyed. Like it, ah. it got me. Like, and that's what a rom com climax is supposed to do. It's supposed to like it's supposed to make you laugh. It's supposed to make you angry. It's supposed to make you do all this stuff beforehand. And then when you get to the climax, you're supposed to be like, "What the fuck? Are you really gonna pull this shit out of your hat?" No, there's no way. There's no way this works. There's no way. Oh, they. Oh my god, they love each other. Oh my god, this is beautiful. Oh my god. Like it, it you can't fucking explain it, but the moment it plucks your heartstrings, like I did it. I'm sitting there going, Jesus Christ, I hate this movie for making me feel this way. <laughs> so that's the thing that I initially was like, why hasn't this ended yet? When when it after her store closes and he goes to her apartment and she's randomly sick. I feel like that might have been a tasty tidbit because that was just a weird thing for her to just be randomly sick at that I time. Was ex- I was thinking the exact same thing. But there's nothing. Like, there was no trivia about that. Like, it's like, why was that choice made? But it was, it was made. Yeah. Never, never Plus, he touches, he touches her face when she's in bed and she's sick. 
Well, because she was about to say something mean again. Because yeah, but she's she, sick. She learns how to she learns how to stand up for herself when she's around him in real life, and that's what he taught her uh, over the chat. Because that's you know, you know that's the effect he has on her. And he helps her become a better her. It's to stand up for herself and fight, fight, fight. But don't touch her face. <laughs> I know. I was like, she's got that Rona. Coronavirus. <laughs> Shit is getting real. <laughs> That's how it fucking starts, man. Thanks, Tom Hanks. I know. He ate a bat and then he touched her face and here we are. <laughs> Maybe she uh, ate a bat. Yeah, they could either way. That's why she was sick, yeah. Yeah. Um, we figured it out. We've cracked the case, everyone. God. Um, way back in 98. Yeah, patient zero. Meg Ryan. Um, <sighs> no, but Meg Ryan and her first computer ever. <laughs> exactly uh <laughs> so i was initially like okay this is odd that she just lets him in even though she hates him and he helped and he basically closed her store down with his store and then after that it and then there's this whole you know keep talking to the guy online and then the whole time he's coaching her yeah that part him. was weird see I thought that initially, but the second view, I got why. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry, my throat gets dry while when I talk a lot. Coronavirus. <laughs> it gets dry. That's also why I cough when I smoke the marijuana. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, the marijuana, which is legal in in the state of Illinois, um, FYI, and also. My uh, former home state of Oregon. So. Damn right. Yeah. We picked anyway. the right states and moves to. Yes, indeed. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. So, the reason he's doing all that, in it, it, yeah, like, it isn't necessarily abundantly clear to begin with, but he's doing it because he's the villain in her life and he has to somehow find a way to no longer be the villain. And when he figures out the moment where the that she can see him as something more than just a friend and see him as she sees the guy that she's talking to online, then he can drop the hammer that he's the guy online. Okay, I missed I missed that though. Where did when did she realize that about him? When did she realize that he was be, just simply because he was coaching her through this as a friend? That's where the movie, unfortunately, doesn't. That's why this movie isn't uh, like spoiler alert. I'm not marrying this film. <laughs> There's a reason. And like, if this had, if this film had made like stuck that landing, then I probably would have married it. But it there. It's just a matter of you have you made this movie two hours, and you still lacked a good chunk that could have helped. <laughs> like. That, like, take away the carol singing <laughs> at the holidays. Um, take away a bunch of different parts that you don't need in this film to save some time and then put it toward that friendship so we can actually see the wheels turning that, oh, my God, this is a prospective partner now. Yeah. You know? 
it yeah again like they i'm uh, they had great chemistry they had i'm i love that they had some screen time together finally uh yeah. we got to see the beginnings of a of a relationship bud albeit it wasn't a romantic one that we were witnessing bud we were watching like well i guess well see that's they, they almost montage it. They montage the whole multiple like outings, like because it initially starts with like I, like Tom Hanks being hilarious when you see his reflection in the window when he's walking by the coffee shop that she's there when the montage kind of starts and he's like he kind of gives her a wave like oh hey yeah he's yeah like yeah. might if I come in I'll come in and drink <laughs> like and he does that all miming without actually saying anything. Yeah. Which is to me is the funniest shit. Like that's just Tom Hanks, one hundred one being the funniest. Like just the way he's like, "Oh, you're let me, you know, I'll come in, I'll come in, I'll come in." Like, <laughs> fucking hilarious. So anyway, that was just a little thing I liked. But the whole montage was just a matter of him and her. Kind of he he was re in a way he was recreating the chat. IRL in real life with all the times they were hanging out. That montage was supposed to be the, you know, the becoming a prospective partner in her eyes sort of thing. Yeah. And I, I will, I will amend, I will add to that and amend what I was saying by, by realizing that I guess there was, there was a clear disconnect between, or there were clearly two, they were trying to show you two sides to each person, the in real life side and the online side, something that was becoming a reality at that point in when the movie was made. So like mm -hmm. when they're online together, there's this chemistry, there's a spark, there's romantic, you know, feelings and attraction, but in real life, in the real world, it's the exact opposite. So there's this throughout architecture school i was like taught never to use this word but it actually does fit here there was a juxtaposition <laughs> <laughs> between you know like in real life versus online and then you know technology versus analog you know they got the the technological world versus the analog bookstores and you know uh big's bookstore versus little bookstore like there's a there's a whole overarching theme of opposites and well I guess you could say opposites attract too because like they end up they start out hating each other and then they ended up realizing that they do like each other anyway all of this is driving it uh, I guess I kind of see where they were going with that by by acknowledging all that stuff like I can see where they were saying okay there's there's a disconnect between how they feel about each other online and how they feel about each other in real life. And we got to bridge that gap. We got to like merge the two. Yes. And I just, yeah, I still go back to like, where did they show us that all of a sudden he changed in her eyes? And yeah. And then you were supposed to buy that. And the last conversation they have before she goes to meet the guy. She's yeah. Getting. He randomly turns to her and like pours his heart out to her, which like I loved and I'm sitting there going, 
fucking marry the guy like i'm i'm ready to at this point like god damn all of a sudden where is this coming from but at the same time where is all of this coming from like this is <laughs> like yeah. Like I know. one minute they, they they've gone on how many lunch dates and they, he's coaching her through all this shit. The next minute he turns to her and goes, by the way, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Like what I, the fuck? God or, damn. That got heavy fast. Or when he decides to start being her friend because like his father is broken up once again. And, and then his father's like, well, I'm going to go find another broad. Like you just yeah. the joke, like, what about finding the one you want to love? And and then he's like, Oh, light bulb, I should go be with that Kathleen chick. And then it's just like like why was that the inciting incident? Like, no, the elevator was the inciting incident. Well, well that, they both the were, breakup, but the breakup, he was already staying in the boat. Mm. You're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was just like when his dad joined him. Then he was like, oh, yeah, by BT Dub, I should probably go after that Kathleen chick. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. LOL. Like, by the way, how did he get internet on the boat? He's got fiber optics. I'm <laughs> <laughs> through the hole so into the. the... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, That's a good question, actually. Yeah, right? Yeah. But and then it was just and then he drops the whole you know I would I can't help but think if this guy wasn't here maybe you and I well you know anyway yeah and then that leads to the whole I was hoping it was you sort of thing which again I I actually I love it's so cheesy and corny but you know me like those those lines like they fucking get me like every time that's why it's literally like when you if you brought up no strings attached right now like the first thing i think of every fucking time is the climactic scene where ashton kutcher says if you come any closer like those those lines they're so cheesy and so stupid but i fucking love them and they get me every time i still love the line she says when she sees uh ashton kutcher and lake bell go in the house and she's talking to her sister on the phone and she goes i lost well you say i lost him i think she said i lost it I need to rewatch it again to see if, what she said exactly there. But when she's about to get in her car and she's just like, I lost it or lost it. Yeah. Like, that's, that's well, that's, cry. that's a good line because it's, it's real. Yeah. I it's heartfelt. Yeah. 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 Anyway, yes. The, and, and like when Meg ride gives that line, I think that's her best acted line of the movie. Unfortunately, she, I would liken her acting career to Tim Linscomb. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're right. No, you're totally right. I know. Just like, I like this, you know, what do you, I would say Tim Linscomb was better, but well, I mean, but if you think about it, like she had her, like her early career where she just kind of came up and didn't necessarily look like the traditional, leading lady but you could see the talent was there and you could just see the stuff was there and then immediately starts dominating with just like acting performance after acting performance and just movies like and then when harry met sally is like the what his 2000 his 2010 year when oh yeah 
2009 was the Cy Young year. 2009, yeah, like right. It, I 2008 mean, and 2009 were Cy Young years. Yeah. For so those of you who don't know, Tim Lincecum <laughs> was the best pitcher in the history of baseball. No, um, not, not so looking so at you, like, Dodger fans. Yeah, yeah. How many things? For yeah, for those not as well versed, so Tim Lincecum played for the San Francisco Giants. He uh, was this kid who was under six feet tall. And he had a weird delivery. Really weird delivery, yeah. He did like almost a broad jump off of the pitching mound when he pitched. He was actually, he was nicknamed the freak. Like that was not, like he 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 was a freak. Because he was a freak who had this weird pitching thing and he was not, not six feet tall. And mostly, most pitchers are pretty tall. So they can get good angles for their pitches to make sure that the pitches can full batters it was like they've, had, done, they've done study on his his pitching techniques and everything and like it's still it's still physically not possible to reach the velocities he it was able to reach and like at his yeah. height with his delivery like it, it's they it's unusual yes but because it was so unusual he had really high highs when he first came into the major leagues and then immediately plummeted into below average and then fell out of the league. So he didn't, I don't think he even lasted a decade in the major leagues, but in the last four or five years, he basically was like almost a reliever. Yeah. And what he he helped the giants to several world series. I'll take it. But he won a bunch of championships and then kind of faded out. And I feel like Meg rides that were, and like, this is, this is that 2010 year where he's pitching relief when they win the title. Like this is her performance here. Mm-hmm. You can see it's starting to fade away. Yeah. 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 I picked up on that. Yeah. And it's just like, cause it's just, it's just a flat performance from her. I think. It's like she just doesn't. She had a few funny play. moments, but yeah, for comparative to Sleepers in Seattle, she was a lot more expressive, a lot more and comparative to when Harry met Sally. Oh, that too. Yeah, yeah. When Harry met Sally is just her apex. Like, yeah. So, like, with this movie, I don't know what's going on, but like, she's just not, not as into it. It seems, and it it shows, and that hurts this film. Like, and I feel like part of why we can't quite fully invest and buy into the montage is because of her performance. Like, cause it's, you're constantly trying to read her and you don't know how to read her. Yeah. And also because that was her character, her, her character was kind of this like unsure of herself i don't know where you know what i should do or where i should go i but i love my store so you know we're gonna gung-ho with the store here but like and she learns how to stand up for herself and fight for herself through this you know guy that she's met online and everything else but you've got mail yeah but it's still just I, i don't like her performance is lacking and that hurts this film yeah yeah, I agree. Um, so did you? I mean, yeah. Have you ever what? seen The Godfather? <laughs> I have not seen. I've seen an hour of The Godfather. And I Thank God, I haven't either. And I feel yeah. like I feel like it actually is sacrilege that I haven't. 
Um, <laughs> for you, yeah, but but um, yeah, it was mentioned so many times in this film. I I yeah. thought about it and yeah, I'd never seen it. I remember the I I know the horse head scene though. That's it. Yeah, That's I, all I know. I know of that. I know of like the wedding scene and all this other sort of oh, stuff. Oh yeah, the wedding scene. Okay. That I just want to make sure that, I wasn't alone there because it seems like everyone has seen that fucking those fucking movies. Yeah, I I I get all that. It's just I was I don't know. I I was bored to tears when I tried to watch it and I couldn't watch it. I mean, they're long movies. Yeah. They're very and, long. And the thing is they're just and it's like a lot and they're long dialogue scenes and it's mm-hmm. just it's like a lot of silence and a lot of like looking between yep. lines. No music, like, no anything, yeah. Like you're you're trying to you're just filling this with all this subtext and it's like it, it, there has to be a balance between show and tell here and it's like you know I like I could get subtext but when I, I you have to actually have actual text to go with the subtext it can't just be all subtext yeah and that's what I feel Godfather is yeah. Godfather is just all subtext. I mean, the parts that everyone remembers are really the only text of the damn film. <laughs> yeah. and everything else is subtext, like what you infer out of it. Um, anyway, but that's not the movie we watched. Um, anyway. That anyway. so, uh, we do get a kiss in this film, finally. We do. Um, and apologies to Dave Chappelle and Gene Stapleton and Steve Zahn and all the other, uh, you know, co-stars and uh, supporting actors that we didn't talk about. I mean, we could go good. on and on, but yeah, their performances, their performances were solid. I mean, I thought Dave Chappelle was was like I, after watching this film, I was like, man, why didn't Dave Chappelle act more? But I mean, he's because he's, yeah, he's, actually, he's actually pretty <laughs> solid in this. He is. He's solid in it, and you can see some of his stand-up act in like the way he's delivering these lines. Where yep. You try to put her in the crack, like put her in the poorhouse. Yeah, I noticed that too. I was like, "You're, you're like he. He was obviously preparing for like his special, killing them softly. Like I was like, all right, yeah, I can see where you're headed with this. Anyway, uh, but there is a kiss in this film. It's the very last, you know, scene there in the in the park where she was hoping it was him, and. The kiss itself, let's let's start there. The actual kiss itself, it's obvious that it's a very it's a stage kiss. Like where they're just meeting mouths, but they're not moving the mouths, and then they turn away from the camera so you don't see them actually yeah. not kissing. They're just kind of The dog so, helps. I, I, we're just talking about the actual kiss right now. <laughs> so the actual and then also there's this weird like slow, like almost like what we were talking earlier about like the pictures or like gifs of like dial up where it's just like, you know, like it goes like, bah, 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 <laughs> as they're meeting. There. So that all is odd. Yeah, unfortunately the actual kiss itself is not that great. Yeah. But, but the setting is fantastic as yeah. far as bring that park Everything's blooming. The lead up to it, the situation, the dialogue, the, the yeah. dialogue. I think it was you, and then you mentioned it. The fucking dog. The, the dog. Fucking dog. 
Hinkley makes the damn kiss. Oh my god! Just first off, he comes up and like bites on the jacket, and then he gets a, and then he puts him off, and then Brinkley jumps on him. Yep. Him. And he's on his on two legs. No, he started like, humping Tom Hanks after they cut the scene. <laughs> like you so, know that happened. It is just like it's the three of them in this kiss by the end of it. <laughs> it's just like oh my gosh. So I'd give it a B minus. It could have been a lot worse without that dog. I would agree. <laughs> actually, I would I would give it a B minus as well. That's exactly what I was going to give it. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as what happens after ever after, I do have one, and it's a simple one. Um, it's uh, Kathleen's ex, Frank, which that whole relationship between Kathleen and Frank was an odd one. That was weird. Yeah. Wh- why do we always have to have fucking like e- every Nora Ephron film? They're always in a relationship with someone else. And like, it's an amicable breakup. And like, then it's just an amicable, like, oh, I don't love you either. Okay, cool. Like, just go our separate ways. Are you fucking kidding me? You're practically living together. You went on TV for this girl. Yeah. Well, I mean, he would have done it just to stroke his own ego for anyone. Well, that's true. Oh, did you notice who the host of that TV show was, by the way? Uh, it was, uh, she, she was, uh, Mel in. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jane Adams is her name. She's also in the show, uh, the anthology show on Netflix, Easy, which was set in Chicago. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, she plays a recurring character. I mean, all of them are recurring because it's an anthology series. Um, and uh, I highly suggest her episode with Mark Marin in season three on that show. Highly recommend it. Okay. Um, especially at the very end. Um, <laughs> there's an obviously like improv line that and like the way that the episode ends is them laughing at the improv line anyway um nonetheless uh but frank uh there's another female that's not the host it's joe's ex played by parker posey i forget what her name is in the film but i think frank and that girl Uh, patricia patricia that's right patricia and frank end up together Oh, by the way, inevitably cheats on the other and then they break up at some point, but they end up together before one of them cheats and breaks up because they're kind of shit human beings. Anyway, what were you going to (laughs) say? That's what happens after ever after. Because they're kind of shit human beings. (laughs) You're not wrong. Um, I think Patricia cheats on him. I could see that. I could. I think think it's Patricia. Yeah. She's kind of. She mentions how she's cutthroat. I, she doesn't even need to mention it. Like it's pretty yeah. obvious. Like yeah. Um. So she was actually. I do have a tasty tidbit actually. With Parker Posey and how her. Uh, Don't ruin thing. it. Well, I want to tell it. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. God. <laughs> um. Yeah, she was originally cast for her. On screen first appearance or whatever the hell it's called. You maybe you should just tell it. I don't know how to talk. Well, I don't know if this is the same one. I just remember seeing on the X-ray where after she had a, a critically acclaimed performance as in a movie called Party Girl in nineteen ninety five. And so she was kind of a uh like a actress on the rise. Everyone kind of Oh no. Parker Posey. Um and then 
she chose to do a couple supporting roles in major films as opposed to finding another leading actress gig um and then she kind of never took off like people thought she might after the movie party girl so her her breakout appearance was supposed to be in sleepless in seattle ah and she did film a scene she had like a camp like not a cameo because she wasn't well known yet but like yeah her first scene and they filmed it and everything and it got cut so Nora Ephron like formally apologized to her and wow. and promised that the next movie she did she would have a part in it. Ah. Hence you've got mail. That's that's a good tidbit. Yeah. See? Hey, See? Once in a while, man. An hour and twenty minutes into the pot. Nice job. <laughs> yeah. Um well I better late than ever. And I, I already spoiled my verdict. Um, I'm not marrying this film. And you can blame Meg Ryan mostly for it. And also yeah. just how long this film is. Uh, but definitely fuck this movie. Uh, and, like, and honestly, I would say watch it twice. Because the second time you'll actually understand it a little bit. <laughs> um, not necessarily right away one after the other. But like at some point. Like, watch it, give it some time, and then maybe check it out again. And then it'll make a little more sense. And you'll really get to enjoy Tom Hanks' performance more that second time because the first time you'll be trying to figure out what the hell this movie's, how exactly this movie works. And then the second time, you'll just get to enjoy the performance of Tom Hanks because he knocks it out the damn park in this film. Um, Unfortunately, Meg Ryan is, she's good in, in bits, but she. I don't know if it was just the character. It's I mean, we've talked about it, but yeah, I'd fuck this film. All right. Yeah, I would. uh, I mean, yeah, I would. It's God. It's right up there with Sleepless in Seattle for me. Like, it's so close because I said Sleepless in Seattle last time was was a Mary, but it was a very cautious Mary. Like it was. I like it, but it's it's not the same kind of Mary as other films I've married. Um, and it's like teetering on on the edge between Mary and fuck. Mm-hmm. And this one is teetering on the edge between Mary and fuck, but I think it's slightly lower, and therefore it is like on the fuck side of the edge. Gotcha. So I would give it a fuck. Like, there's so much I love about it. It's a great movie. I would agree that you need to watch it more than once, which technically I guess defines our Mary criteria, but yeah. Um, yeah. Meg Ryan kind of brings it down. Uh, I, I love everything else. Like I, the, the story works. I love that they got some on screen time together. I yeah. love the, the chemistry between them is good. The um, you know, there's some, there's a lot of, there's, there's depth to it. It's not just a movie about the two of them. There's other themes going on. There's other, you know, social things going on that you can draw from it. There's some good messages throughout it. Um, yes. You know, I, I especially like there was, this wasn't even a, a major theme or a major message or anything, but I, there was one little I can't remember the scene now, but there was a message I picked up on at least, or at least I took from it that I liked 
that was, oh, it was, I, I think I picked up on it. I started picking up on it when he was giving her advice over the chat. And then he is stuck in the elevator and he has that like light bulb where he needs to end the relationship. And then he tells her why he ended it. And they start talking about being fearful of change. And it made me think like so many times people, myself included, definitely myself included, get stuck in a rut of being fearful of change to the point that you refuse to change even the wrong things in your life. Even the things that you know are making you unhappy, you refuse to change them simply because you're afraid of the unknown or because you're afraid you don't know what to change it to. And I love that he took a leap of faith and he showed that like, you don't necessarily have to know what you want out of life. You just have to know the first step is to know what you don't want to be able to identify. I don't, I may not know what I want, but I know I don't want this. Like this is not it. So therefore I'm, I'm removing myself from this situation first and then I'll, I'll let the rest fall into place. And they even mentioned that earlier in the movie where, uh, uh, Meg Ryan's, uh, what's her character's name? Kathleen. Kathleen. Kathleen's mom gave her advice at some point that, uh, you know, you just trust that it'll fall into place. Everything will fall into place. Well, that's true. Sometimes you just have to, you have to take the leap of faith and trust that the rest will fall into place. You mm-hmm. can't have everything figured out. You can't have everything planned out. I know that all too well, <laughs> but I I loved that little like that little tidbit of of a message that I that was the one little thing I latched onto and you know that I'm sure not a lot of it's not a common message in the movie but uh that a lot of people would pick up on but for me I loved it and it, I think it's very true and very it resonates greatly with a lot of people um so I, I like again a nor efron film has some depth to it it has a lot of good messages it has subplots and societal implications and all that stuff but for some reason the fucking the the plot again it, there's holes like in the relationship itself and when it comes down to being a fucking rom-com, like the relationship is priority numero uno. How are you lacking in that department? Nora, what are you doing? God. You know, what's funny is that early, early on in the podcast, I wanted one of the, our, uh, our segments to be, Real world ruminations with Max, which you those just naturally after, happen whether you ask after, for them or not. After doing, after doing it a couple times, you're just like, Can we not and make that a segment? I'm like, Fine, whatever. That's all right. I understand. Every time you give your verdict, it's basically become real world ruminations. Oh, of course. Max. Well, yeah, <laughs> I dig it. Uh, <laughs> I get what you're saying. Uh, I was going to ask which movie you would choose out of the two, like which one's better. Cause obviously we, we kind of made this a two parter here between Sleepless in Seattle and you've got mail. I think based off of the ratings, we kind of know what your choice would be. Yeah. But it's, 
I know the ratings themselves are different, but I realistically like I would choose them for different reasons. So it's like Sleepers in Seattle I would choose because it's it ages better. It's I could rewatch it simply like I could put it on the background kind of thing. Like it's a it's an enjoyable movie. Um but it's not like it's not the like when I think of a rom-com it's also not the first one I run to and say oh my God, they have such a classical romance. Like I love watching this rom-com because it gives me, you know, joy and hope and, and renews my faith in love, you know, like it doesn't do that at all because like there is no relationship in that movie. It's barely existent and the climax wins it. Yeah. So like, yeah, for for this movie, I would watch it. The relationship is better in this movie because they they do have chemistry. They do have the the back and forth, the the will they won't they, the they hate each other but online they love each other. Like it's it's good. There's there's a lot of good working bones there. Yeah. It just still yeah, it still falls short in that department. For well, I, I just want like it's not much. I'm not asking for much. Like I, again, I love all the other stuff about it. I it's like a musical the... art. Like it's like a musical artist. They put out albums. There's always going to be a favorite album, which is their absolute like peak in your eyes or to your ears in in this case, where you're just like, that's their fucking best. I can listen to every song on that album. It's the goddamn best. Their other albums afterward have a few good hits. But that's the album that I'll listen to over and over again. For me, Jimmy World's that band. And the band and the album I listened to in seventh slash eighth grade, Bleed American, that's the album with the middle and sweetness. And that's the album where like you don't skip a song. It's all fucking great. So albums they've come out with afterward have great hits, have bangers, but that album from seventh slash eighth grade is the one I listen to all the time. With Nora Ephron. When Harry Met Sally is the absolute album that I'll never <laughs> fucking skip a song. I'll always come back to. That's the best. That's the Nora Ephron that will always be the yep. top. And and then everything else afterward will have its flaws, but there'll be some bangers in it. And you know, but at the same time, it'll never be as good as when Harry Met Sally. That's what it would come down with here. These two movies are just not as good as her best, which was also helped because it had another really good my a film mind and rob reiner assisting with it and also was you know and directed by him so yeah well and and as we talked about like i think both of us to an extent look for similar things in the rom-coms like we could sit here and deliberate all day about what we you know what we really we, we are different we definitely do look at different things in the movie which is why we have this podcast is that you know i i look at completely different things than you do sometimes which is good. Mm-hmm. We balance each other out. You bring yeah. more of a, a critical approach to it and a, a, a more formal based approach to it. I'll sometimes I'll look at more of the the real like the fucking real world ruminations and the, or the themes or the you know whatever. And together it paints a whole picture. But when Harry met Sally like that, it had a, all the working pieces. It had it had frustration it had passion it had chemistry it had 
all the emotions, the broad range of emotions. It had the full painted 16-bit, 256-color picture of what love is and what a beginning romance is and like all the frustration and joy that come with it. And it it had all the working parts and it was beautifully wrapped up with all the beautiful cinematic parts too, cinematic parts. And I guess that's what I'm like, it seems on paper like an easy equation, but it really realistically, like it's not, I guess that's what I'm always looking for in a rom-com, but it, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to get that in every rom-com because not every rom-com is when Harry met Sally. Yeah. And by the way, uh, you've got mail is better than sleepless in Seattle. That is my official verdict. And therefore it is the correct answer. So, uh, well, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily argue with you because throughout the movie, I'm sitting here thinking it is better than Sleepless in Seattle. But then, like once it was done, I was like, "Yeah." Now that we talked about it, like I don't know. There's parts that I, I as a whole, I like Sleepless better. But like, I don't know. I don't know. I I laughed so much more in this movie. See, now yes. I'm going back and forth on it. Fuck. I'll stick by my verdict originally, but like, yeah, they're confusing. This is why it's a two-parter episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and so, yeah, uh, you can uh, find us on our socials uh, as far as the podcast, Bromancing the Stone podcast on Instagram. Uh, that's exactly how it's spelled. B-R-O-M-A-N-C-I-N-G is bromancing. So bromancing the stone podcast uh, on Twitter. It is bro the stone pod. B-R-O-T-H-E-S-T-O-N-E-P-O-D. And then for myself, you can find me on Instagram at relusa88. That's R-E-L-U-S-A-8. And uh, on Twitter, you can find me at supermarket sweep without the E in super. So that's S-U-P-R market sweep. I love that show. Um, and then uh, Max. On Instagram, you can find me at the Lionhearted, which is T-H-E period L-Y-O-N-H-E-A-R-T-E-D. Exactly. And um, <laughs> what's funny is that at the very beginning of the podcast, uh, and then there's a part in the podcast here today where you asked me if I was still there, and I was like half listening to you. Yeah. It's because I got a random email i don't know how they got my email maybe it was from uh when i went and got some recreational marijuana (laughs) marijuana uh, marijuana yeah uh uh, like a a bit ago but um i got an email from some a doctor or quote unquote um i said (laughs) Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the state of Illinois now allows medical cannabis consultations via telemedicine. What? So basically you can use a like telephone slash like video appointment with a doctor to get a medical marijuana card. That's fucking hilarious. And I was reading this email as you were talking to me. <laughs> and you're like plotting ways to... and i'm like looking at it like is this really real and really legit <laughs> uh, 
know, because I that's I did a also, solid reason. That's a very know, solid reason. I did also get that stimulus, you know, direct deposit. God damn it! So it's just like if I need to drop some money on a medical card. Oh yeah, you do, you did get your stimulus check today. Yeah, yeah, I got the direct deposit on that. So we hope you um, all got your stimulus checks today. Yes, we hope you all did. There. If um, you did not, then you should go buy some weed. Um, <laughs> and if you did, you should go buy some weed. Yeah. And and the reason why is because next episode is releasing on four twenty. Damn right. Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. We're doing a special stoner film that. I think it's not a, a rom-com. It, it has, I, it's not a rom-com. I agree, but it has like a lot of films are not rom-coms, but they have romantic storylines. Action films have well, quote unquote romantic storylines. No shit. Yeah. Like yeah. fucking gladiator yeah. has a romantic storyline, but like exactly. between siblings, but <laughs> oh god i wasn't even thinking about that part damn it i know i know you were that's why i made the joke because you're trying to shit on my thing before i even finish anyway so that's what i do i think Harold kumar has a pretty solid romantic storyline but it's a very funny stoner film that i'd like to revisit because i also own it and it's probably my favorite stoner film that came out um, and when it came out, it got two thumbs up from Ebert and Roper somehow. So, yeah, put that. In I your feel like they just flip a coin one. now and just like. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, so that will be the next episode. And then we'll get back to rom coms after that. And uh, we're also going back to what's a week scheduling because uh, this was pretty tough. Yeah. <laughs> Decided to try it. Uh, I was inspired by the Bodega Boys podcast to, you know, do this uh, and to try this out. It was tougher than expected. Um, I mean, it made sense for uh, for a for two parter. I mean, we might try it again. Uh, we might, or you know, we might play with the idea of mini episodes if we get real bored during yeah. this board. It has no end in sight. Um, so yes, but nonetheless, we thank y'all for listening for spending your time with us here today and uh and you know get ready for the next episode and until then have a great rest of your day slash night slash whatever love you stay safe love you guys